It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. It's the holiday season, and I am very excited to be joined by somebody who has a bit of a counterintuitive argument, but my guess is once you've heard it, you're going to be on board. Liesl Clark is the co-founder of the Buy Nothing Project. Liesl, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. I am absolutely fascinated by this. Um, So by the Buy Nothing Project, tell me what it is and how it started. It is a true network of hyper-local gift economies. Um, we, we started this when my friend Rebecca Rockefeller and I, who live on an island, a 35-minute ferry ride from the coast of Seattle called Bainbridge Island, came to discover with our kids when they were uh, grammar school age that uh, our beaches, our local shorelines are made up of a lot of plastics. Mm. And we, you know, we, as we walked along the beaches and we slowly turned this into a citizen science program, and we actually started to inventory the plastics that we saw that would wash up with every high tide, we came to realize that um, these plastics are, are not just coming from boats and people on shorelines. They're coming from our homes. They're coming from us. Plastics are extremely buoyant. So we started this social movement to um, just as an experiment locally to ask our neighbors and friends, Hey, would you, you know, think about asking your neighbor for what you want to go out and buy, especially if it's something that's plastic, uh, ask your neighbor for it on our, you know, hyper local gift economy, uh, instead of going out and buying it. And lo and behold, people started to share and discover that, wow, I actually don't have to buy a lot of the things that I typically go out and buy. And, and what's happened in the last couple of years, especially as we've gone through pandemic and, and isolation? How has the Buy Nothing Project grown? It's really grown exponentially. Uh, I think the pandemic showed us not only that we were actually quite isolated in our homes with all our stuff even before the pandemic, but but during the pandemic, when it was physically sort of enforced upon us, we we found that these local gift economies were a means for people to connect with each other virtually by sharing and asking for things that we may want or need or by getting rid of our excess. We all have, you know, a lot of stuff or we have um, services that we can share with each other and talents and, you know, our gifts of self. And this was a really unique way for people to connect with each other and actually throughout the pandemic come to know our immediate neighbors. That's been, I think, one of, uh, there have, I mean, there have been a couple of absolutely beautiful, um, I don't want to call them silver linings because that sounds glib as 800,000 people are dead, but it, <sighs> cracks where the light shows in let's call it that there have been there have been a few of those in this moment that have been just stunningly beautiful and i think the biggest one for me has been this this crop of mutual aid this this idea that that very local neighborhoods can and should take care of each other um and the buy nothing movement seems to fit right into that i've been so overjoyed to see the explosion i'm, I'm in brooklyn Mm-hmm. of of free fridges public fridges 
um, of of those free libraries of I live across the street from a community center and people regularly just leave bags of stuff out in front of it. It never lasts long, but it's sort of a it's a it's a bypass the goodwill <laughs> moment where you can just leave it where you know that people will who need it will take it. Um, it feels like the the buy nothing movement is is a way to sort of organize that ethos and and take care of each other in a more meaningful way than well i hope that the person who needs the stuff in this bag is the person who will see this bag later today absolutely i think um once you open the door for people to think creatively about how we can take care of each other in our neighborhoods i mean sadly yes a pandemic did open the door. Um, But we found that even before the pandemic, when there were natural disasters in communities, uh, here in Washington state, we had a a massive landslide that -hmm. killed 43 um, people in an instant. And the immediate neighboring communities were able to get aid to to that community even faster than Red Cross, even faster than the, the usual sort of aid organizations. And we found that with Hurricane you know, Harvey and Irma and Maria, uh, we were all able to quickly um, gather up essentially not just what was immediately needed uh, by these communities, but the things that were, and I would say endemic to person to person giving. So um, when the fire happened in paradise, we had people in our community who knew family members who were affected. So those people, those folks in paradise were able to ask literally for the things that they want, not just what they needed. So they were missing, for example, their musical instruments. You know, these were families that would get together and make music together. Well, immediately after we were able to um, to sort of mobilize and then gather up the instruments the very same kinds of instruments that had burned in the fire and people were able to bring them down to them relatively quickly so they could sort of get back to this quality of life that was meaningful for them beyond just, you know, getting the blankets and the the underwear and the basics that are needed for, um, you know, immediately after a natural disaster. So that's a long way of just saying that people are generous. People want to help people. And I think- that's, you know, that's at the core of what's happening with this hyperlocal gift economy movement is that not only are we coming to know each other, but we're realizing that our, our material goods and our talents are the social capital that can really connect us with each other and, and we can do amazing things. So this is becoming a, a global movement at this point. I know it started as as hyper local, but but how how much of how much of the country or, or the planet do you, do you cover at this point? Right. Well, we are at last count, which was in August, because um, we we have to hand count. For example, the Facebook groups um, that are that are buy nothing groups. We were at um, six thousand eight hundred groups with four point wow. two seven million participants in forty four countries. We have now developed an app called the Buy Nothing app, um, which is you know easy to download um, and it's free. And we just launched on um, Buy Nothing Day. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, AKA Black Friday. And um, that uh, essentially we're at, a, at, you know, approaching 160,000 downloads, you know, without even really sort of trying, but uh, luckily we're getting the word out through, through media that people can, can just do this uh, immediately and, um, and we'll be able to develop new features that are really um, specific for sharing, like lending libraries and uh, round robins and, and fun features like that. 
I'm literally downloading this app while you're talking. It's right there. <laughs> it's free. It's right up top. It's super easy. What does this mean for um, for holidays? I, I feel like holidays is when like I have been I, I'm I, I don't want to say that I'm by nothing, but I'm I'm a very low consumer spender. Like I just don't I don't collect a lot of things. I if I if I have some disposable income, I, I tend to spend it on an experience rather than a thing. Um but the holidays, man, I lose my mind every year. It's like, like I, I don't know what happens to my brain, but it all goes right out the window and I'm just buying things to show people that I love them, um, which is not how I show people that I love them, actually. But for some reason, you hit Thanksgiving and my brain's like, must communicate love via expensive presents. And I do that. So um, help, I guess, is my question. <laughs> Well, you are not alone. So I, I think I would include myself in, in your, your category of that kind of, you know, um, yeah, our, our brains go kind of numb because we, because we do, we want to be generous and um, boy, my husband and I, we sure do like to shower gifts on our kids. However, I can say that you can do that literally by participating in the Buy Nothing Project, you can, um, you know, unshop or whatever you want to call it, but still acquire beautiful gifts for your family and friends. So this is the beauty of, uh, of a gift economy is that we're not about austerity. We're actually about abundance and there is so much out there. And so um, if you look in your, in your local community, you will find that there are, there's plenty that's being offered up. Some of it is even new because we all know organizations, uh, companies like Amazon tend to send you too much. And sometimes well, man, every piece of clothing I bought in 2019 <laughs> doesn't fit now. I didn't wear all of it before I got it. So yeah, there's, there's new stuff in my closet that I know I will never put on. <laughs> there you go. And you can, and you can offer it up to a neighbor. You'll get that dopamine hit of not only, you know, giving something away and knowing who it's going to. So as opposed to that kind of anonymous charitable giving, this is literally person to person giving, but it's also something else. It's that, it's that regenerative giving, which, you know, I like to use that word because it's, it's a way of giving back to the community and keeping the materials economy moving circularly in within your local community, which I think frees up money so that you can spend locally. So you can spend money on, on, you know, mindfully, this is what we're finding is that people are saving money. They're still acquiring plenty of wonderful gifts for their family and friends, but they're um, then, then freeing up money for education and to, to, in, you know, invest or, or spend in local um, shops because they've come to know the people who run them through their local gift economy. So you're, this is not just for everyday household needs. This is not like I need flour, I need eggs, I need sugar, I need light bulbs. This is also I, I need a, a piece of jewelry. I need um, a, a lovely hardcover book. I need things that could be um, seen as luxury items. You got it. We do not. Uh, we have sort of a very unique and specific culture within the Buy Nothing Project, and we do not, um, you know, sort of discern a difference between wants and needs. And, and that's very pointed and intentional because 
Um, you know, we, we really believe that everyone should have equal value in a local sharing economy. So um, if you if you just literally can explain if you're putting your name in for something, you can just you could just say, hey, I'm interested. Or you can say, well, actually, I, I, I'd love to give this to my 12 year old daughter who's never had a beautiful bracelet like that. And, um, you know, I think people like to hear the stories, like to hear the narrative. It's sort of a, a, a collective narrative that then we we accrue and we build within our communities. And we, and again, we come to know each other through these little details, the little stories that come with the items that we may be offering up. So it is not charitable giving per se. However, there's no question that we're meeting the needs of people. So, you know, it, we tend to give to people who may appear, you know, who may need, um, you know, sort of more than others, but at the same time, you'll find any particular gift you might have you know, four or five people who put their name in for it and nobody necessarily needs it. And that's perfectly okay. I love this. It, it addresses one of the major issues that I have with philanthropic giving or charitable giving at all, which is the actual need of the community you're purporting to serve. I, I, have, I have a really hard time giving to organizations that often do the best or, or do very, very good work. I'm, this is not slagging on those particular organizations, but they have a top-down structure. Mm-hmm. You give you give them the money and then they go into a community and they say, we have this money. We are going to set up a, a, a food kitchen for you. Mm-hmm. And that's great if that's what the community needs. <laughs> but we've l- sort of learned that a lot of that that strategy doesn't actually address the needs within the community as well as talking to community members themselves, which is why like I've moved my own personal giving away from giving to organizations and instead I use things like like give directly where you can just send 20 bucks to a human being and then that human being can do whatever they need to do with that 20 bucks and maybe it's buy a really expensive present for their 12 year old daughter who's never had it and maybe it's food who knows but like it's up to them to to spend it and and that's how we actually see um we actually see economic benefits in the communities that we're trying to serve this feels like it it addresses that in a really neat pointed way by having people ask for exactly the things that they want and having people having people offer exactly the things that they want. It, does it, it, it feels like it builds respect. Am I being too Pollyannish about that? You are not. And I would say um, that, you know, this, this is, I think you're hitting on something that's really important. There is something about charitable faceless giving that sets up a power dynamic of the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And of course the haves never see the so-called have nots. Now let's imagine that we're in an equitable community, a sharing gift economy where everyone everyone is equally valued because you need people to ask for the givers to be able to give and you need you know there are two sides of the equation um and and i think the the important point is that you will come to sort of know or at least be aware of who the person is that you're giving to but that person can also give so to enable all of us whether you are feeling like you're in need um, or not that this is a true social safety net where you will also be able to give, you can give your, your company even like meaning, you know, an elderly person just wants someone to play a game of Scrabble with, and that's Mm -hmm. incredibly valuable. And you may think, Oh, I have nothing to give, but you really can just give your, your time. You can read a book online to a child. So those are the kinds of gifts that people are sharing as well. And I think, I think, you know, for example, if there are families that need food, I have a garden. 
everyone who gardens tends to have excess produce. So (laughs) that's a lovely way of just, you know, you offer it up and people put their names in, but they're not asking in a way that's saying, oh, I need food. They're just saying, I would love some of, you know, your excess lettuce and there, boom, there you are. You're able to, you know, to sort of deliver and, um, and, you know, and provide food for your community in, in a way that doesn't make where there's sort of no shame involved. So I, I'm I'm in my 40s and in Brooklyn, which means that this is peak baby having season for <laughs> my friends. Um, and and I feel like it, I would be remiss in in not talking about the applicability of buy nothing to children's toys and clothes and other products. These are incredibly expensive things. And I've watched this one. I can't remember. Oh, it's got a really silly name. It's the Snoo. It's it's this very expensive rocking bed situation that apparently works miracles for babies. And I've watched this one thing go from friend to friend to friend to friend so much so that I'm like, why don't we have like a rent the runway for baby stuff? Like what? Why isn't there some way to like we don't need it for that long? So so talk about what what buy nothing does for uh, expecting parents and and for parents whose kids are, you know, five or six and and are never going to fit into the, the those newborn clothes again. If you are a parent, especially an expecting parent, please join your local hyper local gift economy, join your buy nothing community, because this is one of the major points of entry for a lot of families. As you said, people, you know, have to acquire so much stuff when you, when you have a, a, a baby, a, a newborn or at any phase of your child's life. And let's face it, a lot of it is plastic. So, you know, once you get into the ages of right. you know six and seven and imagine all those little tiny Legos, well, plastic is indestructible. Plastic is pretty much, you know, it's here to stay forever. It never, it never, um, you know, degrades. Um, it, it will, it'll basically be on the planet forever. So that's like, for me, the number one. Oh reason. no. When you think about plastics in terms of Legos, <laughs> the problem really takes on a clear focus. Oh, wow. Imagine so, so much. Right. And then your baby is only going to have the newborn clothes for three months. I mean, even if, and so it's a wonderful way for families to get to know each other and connect with each other. And, you know, the children being, you know, just a few months younger that you could be passing on to. I have a family that um, has two boys and I have a, you know, my son who's 18 now and their boys are like 14. And I just now know I can just always give his, his uh, outgrown clothes to them, but there are other points of entry. So for example, um, uh, you know, an older couple that's downsizing, you know, they've, they've their, right. their kids have gone to college. So that's another um, phase of life where you might be getting rid of stuff or a new newly wedded couple that's just starting out. And uh, it's and also we- divorce season if you're in your you 40s. Go. And man, like, I think we need divorce registries more than we need wedding registries. Like talk about needing the actual set of dishes. Like that's when you need it. We could we could use this. We could Precise. buy nothing for that. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> so I think that's it. People literally post their wish lists. So people are, are posting their their um, holiday wish lists right now on on in their in their communities. And, and it's it's really fun because, you know, that joy that you see when they realize, wow, I'm actually not going to have to shop this year. <laughs> well, this also feels like a, a way to handle um sentimental objects in, that in a way that doesn't hurt your heart. Like I have had 
some things that I knew, I know I don't want this. It reminds me of a relationship that I no longer have, or it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's the relic of somebody who passed a while ago and I, and I don't need that many anymore, or, or this was connected to, you know, my nephew's childhood and I certainly don't need it, but it, it kind of breaks my heart to get rid of it. If you can see where that thing is going like that, that really changes it from a from like a paradigm of of loss and and letting go to to like something you can be really you can be really grateful for absolutely uh we we have we actually have a podcast that we just launched and uh the very first episode is about precisely that uh oh. a woman who was letting go and really needed to essentially get rid of her engagement ring, um, her wedding ring, her, and, um, and she, and she gave it away. She gave away a diamond ring and the story is incredible because the person who received it is, is so remarkable and so just absolutely perfect for this, um, you know, for, for this gift that, and the two of them are, are, are connected, you know, forever, but uh, it's just, it's a beautiful story. And, the beauty of all of this is that you, your community gets to look on and observe. So it's very kind of, um, you know, transparent giving because everyone's seeing what's happening. And that is in the true gift economy style. These ideas are old. They've come from indigenous cultures where, where you know, villages and people live close together and, and everyone sees who's taking care of of whom and and who's taking care of each other. So this this um, is a way for us to do this through social media and actually look on and witness and also feel that joy when these connections are made. I love this so much, Liesl Clark. Thank you so much for the Buy Nothing Project. Um, I'm sure that I'm not the only one who downloaded the app while they were listening to you, and um, and I hope that we're all considering this this holiday season. Thank you so much. Please come back anytime. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.